Welcome to Lighthouse Chapel International, Columbus, Ohio. We invite you to discover the life-changing anointed word of God as you listen to this message by Reverend Gilbert Asamoah. Reverend Gilbert Asamoah is a well-seasoned minister who serves as the General Overseer of the Raccoon Diocese in Lighthouse Chapel International, USA. Founded by Bishop Dag Heward Mills with over 1,800 branches worldwide. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for gathering us one more time. And the gathering of the people shall be unto you. You have bread enough to feed all of us. May we have the bread that will nourish our souls and fire us up to love you more and to grow into the nature of Christ so that you would use what the world may see as weak. But because of the inner power you gather in us through Christ, it will surprise the world. In the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Beautiful. Masters of inner power. We have to gain mastery. Since you were a child, you watched what adults were doing. And um, many, many things you started and you fumbled, beginning with when you began to walk. When you began to walk, you didn't start running the same day. Uh-huh. But little by little, you gain mastery. Because you see, before you start walking, you are crawling on the floor. So your eyes are very close to the ground. Yeah. And then a time comes, you, something enters your head that, ah, but I see, don't know one in, in this house is crawling on the floor. Why am I crawling on the floor? Mm-hmm. You see that people's heads are up there. Yeah. So it's okay, let me try this. So you held on to something and you stood up. But the moment you stood up, then suddenly the ground, the floor became so far away from you because, because you've been crawling, you have always been close to the ground. But now when you stood up, it is suddenly very tall. Yeah. And then you began to be afraid. So you took a few steps and you went back down. Do you see? But you didn't stop. You held on to things and you walked around until you gained mastery of locomotion. You gained mastery of being able to move around. So everything that you did, you gained mastery over it with time, but it is persistence and practice. So gaining mastery, becoming a master of inner power is not going to come in a day. Do you see? You cannot say you are starting a workout regime and you are measuring your weight on the scale every 30 minutes. <laughs> you are going to be discouraged because believe it or not, there are some days when you go, even though after you have worked out, you, you stand there and then you have gained weight. You have actually yes. gained weight. Yes. <laughs> but you have to look at it over a period of time. Right. And so I just want to encourage all of us that this journey is not a quick fix. It is not a quick fix, but it is very important because when a, a parent notices a child is beginning to walk, you see that a, a few steps and they are clapping for the child. Oh. Why? Because even though they have not started running, 
the child, the parent knows that it's still progress. It's a, it's a huge progress from when you always have to carry the child. You always have to, you know, um, like they cannot work on their own. Yeah. And so you cheer them on. So you see, it's one of the things we need to do as believers. This journey is not a competition. It's not a competition in terms of mm -hmm. I have developed more inner power than you. You know, it's like a, I don't know whether you've seen. There's an episode of um, Fred Prince of uh, Fresh Prince. I mean, Will Smith. Right. And he went out with his uh, girlfriend. Or beloved, as we call it in this house. Okay. And when he went out with, with his girlfriend, I think his name was Lisa. Uh, I think they went bowling. And then at some point, when he was not looking, some macho guy came to talk to Lisa, came to talk to his girlfriend. Mm -hmm. And the guy is one of those people, when you look at him, you say, yes, this is a man. <laughs> I mean, the guy, Must he got the body. Yeah. You get it. And mm -hmm. not only did he have the body, he also had the words. So he began to release those words. Mm -hmm. And what was, was meant, I mean, of course, those words, you could see that it was having some type of effect on, on, on Lisa. I mean, he, he caught uh, her attention. So when was Smith came, you know, you know, he's kind of skinny. Uh, 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 guy, I mean, he was no not, nothing to be compared with this guy, right? You see, and then he, so he told the guy, by, by the way, I mean, I, I, I mean, in case you didn't know, she's my date, I'm here on the date. And the guy said something to the feather, so what, you know, I mean, and it became like an exchange of words. And you know how was Smith is, he's not going to give up, or I mean. Right. He is bent on impressing his girl. That's the type of person he is. In that show, at least, as far as I can tell. So, before he knew it, the guy had given him an uppercut. And he was on the floor. <laughs> so, when he went on the floor, it's like, you know, it's not one of those things that you can just get up really quick. Because even though he wanted to impress the girl, that thing was a real heavy blow. Mm. So as he, was, as he was trying to recover his strength, then the girl approached the guy. And not knowing the girl knew martial arts. That is, was Smith's beloved. He knew martial arts. Okay. So, I mean, the guy is thick and tall, you know, but the girl, you know, it's, 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 it's not everything that is by muscle power. Okay, right. you could say the guy had inner power. Right. <laughs> so, so, so she released it, and before he knew it, the guy was on the floor. Right. And then when Wasmith came to his senses, he noticed how his girl had beat up the guy. Right. You know, he, he, he was hurt. <laughs> he was hurt because, because you see, that, that, that is, it, it is so much like a man, you know. Right. Right. And he, he, said, he said, what what did you just do? He said, I, I mean, I, I'm coming to your defense. And then, he, and, then, and, and then he goes, what do you mean? I was just about to, you know, I was just about to beat that guy up. What, what did you just do? So in other words, like, you've taken the thunder out of me. You know, right. I, I was right. about to beat this guy. I didn't need your help. <laughs> I didn't need your help. 
and and then and, and then and the girl too, she didn't kind of catch catch on very quickly. She said she she, she kind of rub it on his nose and said, "Why well, you are on the floor? <laughs> you, you are on the floor. You see, the thing really hurt the guy. In fact, he almost broke up with the girl because his his mindset about the power to display is more for impressing, yeah, more for." More, more, it's, it's not for doing good, but it's more for showing off. What we are discussing here, being a master of inner power, is not about showing off. Hallelujah. Amen. And I mean, if you watched the episode before, you know, eventually the guy actually went to see, was me want to see um, a guru, one of these um, Asian, you know, masters, like uh, people who, like Japanese guy, or, or some people who train people in martial arts. He wanted to see him. When you want to see him, the guy said, before I show you the actual uh, karate thing, I have to teach you how to compose yourself and how to have inner power. He didn't use those words, but so to speak, he meant I have to teach you um, the ability to be self-controlled. As the guy started talking, Will Smith kept saying, when are you going to finish that lesson? Because I just want the ability to beat people. That's mm-hmm. not <laughs> having inner power. It is to advance the cause of God and to resist the devil. It is not to impress your fellow Christian. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Are you listening to me? Yes. yes. Now let's look at this scripture. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. I don't want to spoil the end for you. Some of you you, 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 you may not have seen it, but it's a really interesting account of the extent to which people will go in order to impress a girl or to redeem their, to redeem their image. <laughs> Proverbs 4 23, keep your heart with all diligence for out of it spring the issues of life. Now, I'm going to read it from the Amplified Version. And then after that, Pastor Eugene, look for the New Living Translation. So I'm going to read from the, if you have it, uh, if not, I'll read it. But I'm yeah. going to read first from the Amplified Version. Proverbs 420. Keep keep the this in mind. It says, diligence. Keep your heart with all diligence. Uh-huh. For out of it are the issues of life. But now first from the Amplified Version. Watch over your heart with all diligence, for from it flow the springs of life. So you see, the Amplified uses the word springs of life. When the King James says, out of it flow the issues of life, it's not talking about issues as in problems. It's talking about things that come out of life or the things that carry life and emanate or it, or it shoots off from your heart. And the Amplified puts it that way. Watch over your heart with all diligence. The word diligence there is speaking to effort. You make an effort to guard it, to watch over it, because your heart, the center of your being, your innermost being, out of that place is where your life force shoots out of. Now, is that the New Living Translation? Yes. Above all else, guard your heart. Mm-hmm for it affects everything you do. 
So this is plain English. Guard your heart, for it affects everything you do. And if you look at it very carefully, you know, even from the biological standpoint, from the physiological standpoint, in terms of the uh, blood circulation, blood that your heart is pumping, it goes to every part of your body. Is that not so? So if there, if there is something wrong with the blood, if, if, the, if there is no oxygen in the blood, the blood that is supposed to carry oxygen, it's not, then the blood that is flowing will be the wrong, wrong blood. Do you get it? So that imagery, that imagery of, of, of your, the, the physical heart being so instrumental to the functionality of the whole body. Think of that one in the proverb, it says heart, it's speaking about your spiritual heart, the seat of your being, the seat of your being, that is an invisible part of you. So as we are talking about gaining mastery of your inner power, we are talking about your spirit man. We are talking about your spirit, your inner man. We are talking about your innermost being. That when the scripture says guard it, you know, it's like, it's like if you don't guard, what, what do we have to guard something? You know, if you have, if you have um, some jewels or, 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 or some gold bars, you know, what in your house do you think you will keep it? Secret place. I mean, you will not put it on the kitchen counter, would you? No. no. Will not, you will not put it in the living room. You will not put it in an open place. You will, got, you will keep it at the place that it will be very difficult for someone to, to see it. Yeah. In fact, as a matter of fact, some actually put it in a, in a safety deposit uh, box at the bank. You, you can rent a safety deposit box where you keep as very expensive things. Right. You see. So, so that, that idea of guarding your heart, it's like, it's like you are guarding against intruders, against things that can, that can pollute it, that can spoil it. Because mm -hmm. out of that heart are the issues of life. If your heart gets polluted, it affects your whole life. Hmm. your inner power so you see as you are gaining mastery of inner power there are two aspects to it there is keeping away negative power or negative things out of your heart trying to keep it away and then storing up the positive things of the spirit of God you got to do both Yes. because in the end it is net net it's like the 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 um what do you call it interplay between which one is controlling you becomes who you are uh -huh. hallelujah amen. amen there's a verse which we probably will not read but it's a very interesting verse it says in i believe first samuel somewhere it says that now there was war between the household of Saul and David for many years. I think we might have read it here before. There was war between the household. So Saul was dead and gone, and David was king. But there were people who were still loyal to Saul, especially from his tribe of Benjamin and some of the other tribes. They were so loyal to Saul that even though David had, well, it's, it looks like it's, it's happening today in our country, is it not? Mm -hmm. There are people who are loyal to King Saul, that even though David is not the king, they still did not 
accept David as a legitimate king. And not only did they not accept, they were actually warring. They were fighting. Do you see? Now, that is a spiritual analogy about the war between the flesh and the spirit. Because after you are born again, Jesus has been enthroned in your heart as your Lord by the spirit. And your spirit man is supposed to be the seat of Christ or the Holy Spirit. But then your flesh, which belongs to the old Adamic nature, is still fighting for hegemony, fighting for supremacy, fighting to come to power again. Do you get it? And that thing is an ongoing thing. But there has to be a deliberate, a deliberate, because you see, you are going to discover that, you know, when Lincoln said, a house divided cannot stand, he was actually quoting Christ. You know, can you believe that some, some Americans don't even know that it's a verse, that is a verse in the Bible, <laughs> that a, a house divided cannot stand, you know. Yes. It's actually originally spoken by Jesus and Lincoln quoted it. Now, you as a person, you need to choose a side. You need to choose a side. And as a believer, the side you choose is the side of the spirit. Hallelujah. Now, let's look at this scripture from Galatians chapter 5. Galatians 5, we are going to start from verse 15. Because developing inner power is a path. It's a path. It's a journey. Gaining mastery of anything is a journey. It's not a one-day event. But you build upon it precept upon precept, line upon line, here a little and there a little. Your whole Christian life, my dear friend, is about growing and being groomed to become someone who will reign with Christ in eternity. You know, I was watching a movie a while back and there was his name, Eddie Murphy. I think he was given an assignment. He had just finished one assignment and he thought he was going to be, um, you know, giving some time to relax. Then they sent him to go back to some wild um, region and, 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 and fight some bad guys and, and reinstall uh, the legitimate uh, king. Then he said, why wouldn't somebody, why wouldn't somebody send me away to the Bahamas? It's like, when would I get a little time to, to relax? It's because this whole life here on earth is like a practice run or a rehearsal. We live not for this life, but we live for eternity. Hallelujah. Amen. Are you listening to me? Yes. A long time ago, they used to live for 800 years, 500 years, and all those things. God decided to cut it down to a short time because God said, let me major on eternity. Let me rather prepare them for eternity. Your whole life is not just the 90 years or 80 years or however God will give you. This is just to practice and to train us. Hallelujah. Amen. And so if you lose sight of this big picture, you will have a lot of wasted effort, a lot of wasted energy. Instead of taking even your troubles, even the issues that come in your life, even the things that come up against you, including your own internal struggles, because the struggles are both within and without. That is the reality. They are within and they are without. Without 
outside of you and then within you. But you see, the one that are coming from outside of you, much of it, you don't have control over it until you develop the power that is within you. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. All right. So Galatians chapter 5, and let's go to verse number 16. But I say, Galatians 5 16. I say, then walk in the spirit, and you shall not fulfill the last of the flesh. Are you there? Yes, for the flesh lasts against the spirit, it's like it's fighting against the spirit. And the spirit against the flesh. Oh, 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 oh. And this Eliana, who had shame, please come. These are contrary to one another. Are you there? Yes. This scripture is talking about the war between the flesh and the spirit, similar to the war between the loyalist to Saul and the loyalist to David. But you are, if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Now it begins to list the works of the spirit. And the words of the flesh, which is similar to the words that we read about in Mark chapter 7, where Jesus described that these are the things that defile a man. So Galatians 5 is like commentary on what Jesus said in Mark chapter 7. So Galatians 5, verse 19. Now the words of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, reveries, and the like. You see, when you put the word and the like, it's like, etc. It's like the list goes on. Do you get it? But how do you know what to add? Things that are in the similar nature. You, you, in other words, use your imagination. The rest, the list goes on. I can't list all of it. But things that are similar to what have been said, all of these things are considered the works of the flesh. Then he said, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I told, just as also I told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Now, let me tell you something. When the scripture, when he said, those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. He's obviously speaking about eternity. But I don't want you to limit your understanding of that statement to the street by and by when we die, when we go to heaven. Because the kingdom of God, as we know it, does not start when you die. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. The kingdom of God is the governance of God. When we say kingdom, it's like there's, there is a dominion over which there is a king. You know, you know in, um, in corporate America, you know, they use a term called domain. Like, like your lot on is belonging to a certain domain. And if you, you, you miss your password, it's like your domain password it doesn't work. Yeah. That domain is like the, all the area that the company's computer resources 
cover. Do you get it? Yeah. Now, so when we say kingdom of God, we are talking because the kingdom of God is already existing today as we speak. But what is happening is that in the earth, there are two groups. There is one group that have aligned themselves to the kingdom of God or there is one group that has accepted the true king, who is King Jesus. Amen. Amen. Everyone who has accepted or become born again accepted Jesus as king has accepted that Jesus is the Lord, king of kings and lord of lords. So the kingdom of God then has um, dominion or jurisdiction or power within your life. When you receive Christ and you ascribe to his lordship and his kingship, you give permission because God did not create human beings as robots to be controlled by remote control. So you you allow God to be king when you become a believer. The kingdom of God has already begun, even right now as you are on earth. Are you following? Yeah. But then what does he say to inherit the kingdom of God? The inheritance of the kingdom of God, the fullness of it, the fullness of it will come at the end of the age when Christ comes. But I want to submit to you that it begins here and now. It begins here and now because as you are a child of God, even though there is evil in the world, even though Satan is loose rampantly, even though there is so much thing going on, God is able to make a way. God is able to create an enclave and begin to operate in your life in a certain way because you are his king. Amen. I mean, he's your king. So now yeah. you see, let me give you an analogy. During the days of the Iraq war, or, or the, the war in Syria, where affecting ISIS, for that matter, you notice that a big part of the territory was overrun by the, by the, by the bad guys, mm-hmm. by, the, yeah. by ISIS. Is that not so? Yeah. When the Allied forces or the United States or, and the Allies, when they go to a place, they fight to try and gain territory. Sometimes they will gain control over a city. When they gain control over the city, then they gain control over the supplies to that city. Mm-hmm. You know, water supply to that city, electric supply to that city, transportation roads, routes, railroads, airports, and everything will then be under the control over the good guys, the US and its um, forces. Right. Now, if you are if you are somebody who lives in that city, then you are protected. You are protected from ISIS coming and say, saying that all of you are marrying all of you. Because they used to marry people in numbers and carry them away. Yeah. You got it. Are you following? Yes. And yeah. then the young men, they recruited the young men to go and fight. But if you are in a, a place where it has become like an enclave where the, um, the international forces have gained control over that place, then you are protected from access coming. So even though there is a war going on, it was different depending upon which territory where you are. Does that make sense? Yes. Mm. Now, this world is like a, world zone, a war zone. But you and I are God's territory. You and I 
by subscribing to the kingdom of God, by believing in Christ, by saying, Lord, I make you Lord and Savior of my life. By that confession, you make a declaration to all the other forces fighting that this place belongs to God. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, having said that, there is an act, because it's an active war that is still going on, you cannot just make your declaration of faith in Christ and confession of faith, and you don't consistently abide in Christ, and you don't consistently practice the thing that pertains to the kingdom. So, for instance, in that um, Iraqi city or Syrian city, when the Americans have now taken control over the place, the people who live there, they should not be talking to the ISIS people and giving, giving um, information or, 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 or giving things out, telling things that will make the people know where the American people are hiding their amenities. Like, if you live in this city under our protection, you got to be loyal to the people that are protecting you. Right. Does mm -hmm. that make sense? Yes. Yeah. Now, when you and I engage in things that belong to the enemy, the list of the flesh that was listed here, the scripture says you will not inherit the kingdom of God. And I need you to understand the inheriting of the kingdom of God means that the things that belong to people in the kingdom of God, including your protection, including that the enemy cannot kick you around like a soccer ball. As a child of God, you are entitled to protection of heaven. Even though we are in a war zone, it's just like an American, an American citizen abroad. Yeah. American citizen abroad, if they arrive in a country and they announce to the local um, embassy, consulate, that I, I have arrived here at Papua New Guinea, I'm here on business, I'm going to be here for three, 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 three months, I've been posted here, and you report. How many know that if an issue arises, the American government will come for you? Yeah. Because, yeah. because mm -hmm. even though it is not American soil, you are entitled to the protection of the American government because you have owned up and identified with the, with the American uh, government by telling and registering at the embassy, embassy. If something happens and they are taking people home, they will call you that a, a, a plane is leaving at this time. You know, we want you to come. Do you get it? Uh -huh. But if instead of doing that, you go and you sign up with the local militia, you're an American citizen who has traveled to, what do you call it, Angola? Yeah. Yes, <laughs> I'm taking us to Africa now. Because oh. when we were growing up, Pastor Eugene, I, I'm trying to remember that, that there was a war going on. There's two fascists in Angola that were fighting. Yeah. Um, mm. is, it, is it Savimbi? Savimbi, I think, was Savimbi. one of them. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, so, so you, you, you are caught up in the midst of, and then, when they, they try to come for you, they realize that you are wearing the uniform of one of the uh, rebels. Mm -hmm. oh. Do you get it? When they are, they are capturing them, they will capture you because you, there's no difference. No, uh, yes. Uh, so, so what we are talking about is that our allegiance needs to be very strong in order for us to inherit the kingdom because very often when we read the scripture, we are only thinking of when we die and go to heaven. But the benefits of the kingdom begin to accrue to you right now when you're on earth. Amen. Yeah. 
As a matter of fact, when you go to heaven, there's no need for any special protection. I don't think they sell padlocks in heaven. Do you think they sell padlocks in heaven? <laughs> they don't, you don't need to lock your door. You don't need to lock your door in heaven. There, there are no burglars in heaven. Do you see? Yeah. But it is right here that you need special protection. Mm -hmm. I mean, you keep hearing stories of people who say they've been wearing masks, who say they've been practicing social distancing, they've been doing, following mm -hmm. all the rules, and that they have gotten uh, uh, the coronavirus and they have died. Yeah. That, it, 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 it defies all logic. And that is not to say, you know, that is not to say that you should also. I was talking to my sister the other day. She was saying that some people in my home country, Ghana, who say they, they don't want to practice the, uh, what do you call it? Wearing, uh, social, wearing mask or any yeah. social distancing because they, they are pleading the blood of Jesus to protect them. And there's a WhatsApp video she sent to me. There's a lady who's a street preacher and she's telling the uh, journalist who's interviewing her that you don't have faith. That is that is why you have to do that. As for me, you see, we, we, we also don't want to go to the deep end of that lunacy. We are not talking about that. But what we are saying is that what we are saying is that practically, as we live here on earth, we know there are people who do everything right. But because yeah. the war is not just a physical war, no, there's a spiritual dimension to it. And I'm saying that sometimes we don't get the full entitlement to the protection of the kingdom of God because we are somehow oh aligned to the dark kingdom. Hmm. And then part of us is in, the, in God's kingdom. Mercy. And God is tell, telling us that in developing our inner power, we must first get rid of the dark side that mm. operates within us. And then it will make room for verse 22, which we are going to read now. Galatians 5 and 22. Wow. It says, but the fruit of the spirit is love. Now, you will notice that in the New King James and in the King James, the spirit is capital S. Goodness. You will find in some translations, you will find that S, the, the S is small s. And there's a debate. Some are saying when they say the fruit of the spirit, it's talking about your born again human spirit. Do you get it? Whereas some other Bible scholars believe, no, it's talking about the Holy Spirit, capital S, Holy Spirit. Okay. And for me, I do not see the dichotomy. I do not see the difference. I, I mean, uh, uh, not that I don't know the difference between your born again spirit and the Holy Spirit. I know the difference, but I think it's both. Okay. Because the reality is that the Holy Spirit lives inside and abides within your human spirit. Yes. There is a commingling. There is a commingling of nature when you are born again. Such, such that, such that when the Holy Spirit wants to do something in your life, He communicates to your human spirit. So your human spirit does not act independently of the Holy Spirit. And if your Holy, if your human spirit is going to bear fruit of the spirit of love, joy, and peace, it is through the is through, is through the insemination and the cooperation of the Holy Spirit. So the, the two work so much hand in hand that you cannot tell the difference. That is why the, the, the Jesus teaching um, Nicodemus in, in, in John 3, he said that a person that is born again is like the wind. Just as the spirit is like the wind. You cannot, 
you cannot exactly predict because the, the wind is blowing this way. You don't know where it is going. You and I have been invited to a life of the Spirit. But this life of the Spirit is not, is not a life of using our brute force energy, but it's a life of cooperating with the Spirit of God. As a matter of fact, the verse right before this that cannot inherit the kingdom of God. One main thing about the kingdom of God is the rule of the Spirit of God. Because Jesus said, I was here, Apostle Paul said that the, the, the kingdom of God is not meat and drink. Okay. The kingdom of God is not food. It's not meat and drink. But it is what? Righteousness. Righteousness. Peace. Peace. Join the Holy Ghost. And joy in the Holy Ghost. So you see that when you are speaking about the kingdom of God, it always is accompanied by the Holy Ghost okay. or the Holy Spirit. The kingdom of God is in the Holy Spirit. And then one day Jesus was speaking, he said, don't say I'm going to look for the kingdom here, the kingdom here. He said the kingdom of God is within you. Brethren, when we are talking about master, gaining master, becoming a master of inner power, we are talking about the kingdom of God operating within you. And how is the kingdom of God operating within you? It is going to operate within you by your spirit becoming one with the Holy Spirit so that the fruit of the spirit become evident in your life. Amen. Amen. So that love and joy and peace. What you rather is calling it fruit. Yeah. The works of the flesh are works, but this thing is not works, it's fruits. The fruits, okay. It's calling it fruit because it takes time to cultivate. Mm. It's calling it fruit because only a mature plant can bear fruit. I mean, you cannot have you cannot have a six-year-old girl get pregnant. I mean, that, I don't think that is biologically possible. Mm. Okay. Because because that there is a certain maturity that is, 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 is necessary in order to be able to take seed. Mm. And so when it talks about fruit, I mean, those of you who have planted things before, you see that first the flower flowers will come on. Right. Do you get it? Right. And then the flower, like if it's tomato, you, within the flower, you see that something will begin to form. Yeah. Right. The fruit of the spirit yeah. is developed over time. Mm -hmm. And it's love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. And then it goes on in verse 23, gentleness, self-control, against us there is no law. So this is the, I mean, when we pray, it must be, if you are talking about developing inner power or gaining mastery of uh, of uh, of inner power to be wise as a serpent, you must seriously work on what is within. Working seriously on what what is within means that it must be of interest to you. How am I going to work in love? How am I going to work in joy? I worry a lot. I can't have peace. How am I going to get that? It is a fruit of the spirit. That means that. I mean, if you think of it in terms of um, uh, bearing children, the fruit comes as a lot of a union between two, two people 
a man and a woman come into union. Hallelujah. Amen. Your Amen. ability to bear this fruit of the Spirit means you have to be in union with the Spirit of God. Okay. If you are if you are looking for a child, you are looking for a child and you say that we have tried that uh, the, the, the pregnancy is not coming, but you've 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 left your husband and you've gone out to do living. <laughs> so that if we take if we take three months, if we take three months, you only see the man uh, uh, uh what do you call it, maybe two or three times, and you are getting a lot of money from living, and mm. is it surprising to you that you are not taking seed? Mm. Because you are not coming together. Mm. You are not coming together. That one, that one. <laughs> <laughs> Do you see? And, and, and this thing, uh, it doesn't come by a handshake. No, no, no. no. <laughs> if it just, just has, it, it's not going to come. Oh. <laughs> and then also, there's the regularity of it. There's the regularity of it. That one, that one, that one. You are pretty well. And, and, and you see, fruitfulness, fruitfulness, this analogy, it is as true to physical as it is to spiritual. Amen. That type of fruit, you cannot be craving to have the fruit of the Spirit, capital S, when mm. you have not had any communion with the Spirit. Mm. You don't think about the Spirit. You don't commune with the Spirit. It's not going to come by osmosis. But then if you've started doing it, but you, it's still a challenge. It is It is because it takes time. It takes time. So, so, so this then become our marching orders that developing inner power involves growing in the spirit, deliberately sowing the seed of the spirit. Let's look at this scripture. You see, when the apostle finished writing this in Galatians 5, that he moved to Galatians 6. So let's take a scripture from Galatians 6. And we'll read verse 8. Because now we have painted two worlds, two scenarios. One is sowing to the flesh, one is sowing to the spirit. Look at the scripture. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. You see, God doesn't want to speak to us in mystical terms. That is why I'm using this somebody doing living, trying to have a baby. I'm, I'm using this day-to-day -day example because you see, the, the word of God first, we have to understand it in its practical application. So, the word used here is sowing. You sow to your flesh. Yeah. What you sow is, you see, when you are sowing something, if you've seen a farmer before, being, sowing is not the same as um, you are walking you are working and then you have uh pastor Eugene, you have a corn in your pocket do you get it and yeah. then your pocket happened to have holes in it not you but somebody had holes <laughs> in their pocket do you right. get it and as you are walking some of the corn happened to step out of your pocket and fall on the ground and yeah. then it fell into a hole and then water came on it and it germinated into a corn plant right. do you think that is how farmers get their corn no. no, no, it is a deliberate effort. Deliberate, yes. There is a, there is a deliberate, you don't, when you, you say you are sowing, it means that you've gone to get a piece of land. Then you've gone to get the, 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 the raw materials. You, you've gone to get the corn. Mm -hmm. And even the corn, there are different types of corn. There are some that will give you small, small, small cups. 
Whereas yeah. there are some that have been developed by the Greek extension officers that yeah. you, you, you get, uh, and then because it has a better yield. So that you get that one, it may be expensive, but you mm. get that one because you, we're looking for a big crop. Mm. Sowing here is involving a, a, a pre-planning that, oh, they say that there are two things I can sow. I can either sow uh, what you call peanuts or I can sow what you call cowpea. These two, both of them have the word P in it, but it's not the same thing. Peanut or cowpea. You cannot just have, have a, a, a lot of peanuts when you have not gone for peanut seeds. So he that sows to his flesh shall the flesh reap corruption. Mm. Which, is, which is not where we want. Because we, we already left that place in Galatians 5. But he that sows to the spirit shall of the spirit reap life everlasting. And once again, life everlasting or eternal life begins here and now. Corruption here is not talking about back home in Africa where people are corrupt. It's talking about how things decay and deteriorate and scarce spot in that general sense. Look, when you were a child of God, there's a certain preservation of your life. It's part of your inheritance. But then you need to partner with God on a consistent basis. And now what do you do? You choose to sow to your spirit man. As I went down, I just want to start mentioning one thing, that sowing to your spirit man in this deliberate effort, there are certain specific things you do. One of them is to have regular times with God. God is with you. You are with God. You make time to meet with God. And people that make time to meet with God, there is a, an invisible power that is with you. Okay. I can guarantee you that. You try it. Try and make time to meet with God. There is a power that comes upon you. It is not It is not seen physically, but it is there. Yeah. That's why it is said of Jacob that the scripture said that he fought with a man all day, all night. And then the man blessed him. Then he asked him, what is your name? He said, I'm not going to tell uh, you my name. But you, I'm changing your name from Jacob to Israel because you have fought with men and with God and won. And he said that you have, you have favor with both men and God. When Jesus was praying in the, in the Garden of Gethsemane, Luke 22, the Bible said an angel was sent to strengthen him. Let me submit something to you. You see, God is the king of kings. Do, oh. you, do you think kings travel alone? No. No. Most of the time, kings travel with a whole entourage. Yeah. And where do you think they got the idea from? It's from the king of kings himself. Right. So angels, there are a group of angels that always accompany God. Oh. And if you are somebody who is always communing with God, that means that there are always angels with you. Amen. And even when you are weak, because Jesus Christ, the Son of God, he got weak in the, you know, in terms of emotional weakness, in the Garden of Eden, uh, not Garden of Eden, Garden of Gethsemane. And the Bible says angels appear to strengthen him. When we are talking about developing inner power, part of developing inner power is there is an invisible infiltration of the power of God through the Holy Spirit, through angels that have been sent to, to administer to you. The times when you feel so low, 
if you are with God, and this thing, uh, if it happened to Jesus, I can guarantee you it will happen to you. If you've never felt so down before, then you are new. You are up fresh. You are joining the scum. You just entered the scene. The reality is that you are going to need spiritual reinforcement. And this spiritual reinforcement, it is guaranteed for those who call on God on a frequent basis. This inner power, it comes to your defense. But first, you must get rid of all the negative force that are fighting the agenda of God in your life. Let us pray. And let us bring the Lord our offering. Heavenly Father, one more time we come before you. We pray that you help us. And now as we bring before you also our offerings, may it be pleasing unto you like a sweet-smelling incense. Cause us to be established in the land. Open doors for your children. May we start businesses and prosper. May we be able to get noticed. And notice not because of our own, in our own right, but because your favor is upon us. So that we can promote your work and promote your kingdom. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Amen.